0: Oh ho oh, oh, ho, cheeky monkeys! Get on with it.
1: Toffee, toffee, toffee. It's back up. That's
2: magnificent. Hello, John. Up and down.
1: Where's our bye bye? It's like Arsenal. Jump the chest. Come on!
0: Hello, dear viewer, and welcome to a back We are officially an Arsenal podcast again. Oh. <laughs> I praise Ooh. the OG Canada. It's all down to him and his wise words and that beard and all of his cats. Might be just one cat. I'm, I'm drifting already. Right. With us tonight, we have, first of all, H-I-J. We have Josh. with J-O. You're right, Josh.
1: Thank you, uh, Danny. I'm glad you managed to work your way through the alphabet to work that one out. I can't wait for you to get to the next bit, though, because you're going to have to work between the same letter.
0: Because you kept talking, and now I know an A comes before an R, especially an arse. Talking of is it's
2: Carl. (laughs) Hi, Carl and Chris. I guess the issue is why did you use your fingers to use for the alphabet? (laughs) Because I've got socks on. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Daniel? I am very good,
0: Carlos. Um I nearly tweeted the picture. Not tweeted out, people. I nearly tweeted the picture today
2: of me and you. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa, oh, 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 oh. It's me and you. That's all they need to know. <laughs> he was in a very compromising uh position. And... Well, what I'm going to say, there was bro hugs going on.
0: He hugged me. He squeezed me after me waiting there for 20 minutes because he didn't know where I was. And he's going to be the regular.
2: You've been told me
0: the wrong place. It's not my fault. I don't know where I was. I'm lucky I turned up. I'm lucky I wasn't outside Highbury asking where the hell you were. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Moving on to um, it's at least your Captain Shipbeard. That's John, isn't it? It's, it's the cheeky pirate, the one who, uh, when he did the Goonaholic tribute thing, had a seagull in the background. Only Chris could manage that, all right, cheeky.
3: Yeah, all right. I, I just I just fin I finished a run. and I was like, you reminded me I needed to record it, and I thought that well, is it a good time to do it right now. And the seagull made a, an appearance, so yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Nice, nice pod as well. Nice, nice to listen to. And um, it was. yeah,
0: yeah, it was good. Very nice replies back from people, which is really important. Mm. And, uh, and uh, David's family messaged Jason, and Jay shared the message in our WhatsApp group, and that was really nice. Yeah. Um, a fine, a fine, fitting thing, uh, show. Right, we are now, we've we've got a kind of sponsor, a sponsor. We, uh, we said to them, I saw that John from the Miami podcast retweeted their post. And I thought, well, that looks really good. I, I just retweeted it and said, that's stunning. And they said, well, if you'd like to do uh, some kind of collaboration, we can give you some stuff. I said, I don't want any stuff. We do it for free. That's the kind of guys we are. We're kind of groovy guys. So. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to share a screen and then I'm going to go to a Chrome tab and then I'm going to go to this one and then I'm going to share. Look at those people. You can, uh, i am just make sure you lot can see it. Yeah, you can see here, they do a range of merchandise that has diagrams, because if you're listening to this, has like a top-down view and have little circles for the players and then it will have um, the players' names and parts on the pitch. And this one is Perez into the box. And then Vieira must have come up, passed it back to Perez, and then Perez has put it in the uh, yeah, put it in the back of the net. And this is the invincible mug. So the little bit of writing that I've got, it's a Father's Day giveaway. Unlike Mother's Day, we all celebrate Father's Day on the same day, which is important for this to work. We have partnered up with Playbook Product to give away one of these greatest Arsenal mug play to four separate people. Now you can all have the same mug. And you can all have different mugs, and it could be in the US or you can be in the UK. Doesn't matter. And um, they, they normally have these on their website for twenty quid each. So that's twenty dollars each. That's really good. They do five versions of the mug: the Invincibles, one of the gold from there. It's up for grabs now. The Michael Thomas winner, a major tro- our first major trophy. I think was the FA Cup in nineteen thirty. The first double in seventy one. And the 0.099 goal difference in 1989. So I think mean that's the uh, the Anfield one again. So what you have to do, you have to go to our Twitter account, and we've got a pinned tweet for this podcast. And if you uh, you get one entry into the draw, if you like it, and you get five entries if you retweet it. Remember, we're getting nothing out of this other than helping people. We've got a really nice product. So their website is playbookproducts.co.uk or playbookproducts.com. And if you don't win, you can still go to their website. If you buy something, use the, the code GUNADAD2020. Don't write the number two, for God's sake. And you get 15% discount when you buy something. But some of the, they've only just recently set up a, a UK website, so some of the things aren't available in the UK at the moment. So we put all of this information and the links. So let's go to their website and type in Arsenal in the search bar, and it brings up a whole load of stuff. And we'll have this on all of our, our usual social media things. So now I'm going to go, and if I change it to this one, has it changed the picture?
1: No, yes, no it, it hasn't. No, no, I thought no. it did. No, it didn't. No. Mm, okay. Still the same mug.
3: Yes. No, it's just Danny.
1: Wee oui
0: cheeky i can't remember how you um i think you have to stop and then you go you get rid of that one and you go here and you go share screen again and i'm going to go and share this one randomly which one is this ah the goal difference one starts off on the right hand side we all know how this went it's uh Dixon and gather smith smith did the parcel way through the middle of the box in front of grab and uh, mickey thomas came in um Pinged it bottom right hand corner, then did a somersault, and then that's what one part of the mug says. And the back of it will be um, the Thomas saying goal ninety plus one minutes, the date, the the ground, and the score. So that's uh, another good one. And uh, so
3: doesn't get many mentions in Arsenal folklore, does it either? So it's a good good thing to promote at this stage. It is
0: Uh, try number ten. Oh, there we go. The first double, um, 1971, Wembley. It says that on one side, Arsenal 2, Liverpool 1. And then it's got a whole load of people on the pitch and goals and zigzag lines and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's really, I think it's really clever. The uh, So I'm now going to go and show, show you a quick look at their website because they've got some nice stuff on there. Uh, there we go. So you can see that. This is what got me. Look at those placemats. Do you see them? Mm. Those ones on the left are slate and the other ones are leather, which are really nice. And I thought that is a really good idea. Um then they they do, then they do posters of the the important goals. Stop going stop coming up with you. I don't want that. Baby grows. I don't think we need any of those. They do oh, okay. rags. It's up for grabs now, a bag. That's lovely. Yeah.
1: And that's on the back again. of the eighty nine baby grows that say I was there. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't do t shirts. Maybe they do on page two. Anyway, you've seen enough of that. Uh, go and support them. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the two blokes you run are actually gooners. I'm not sure if that's okay. If that's not okay, it was a lie. But they told me they're both gooners. That's partly why I agreed to do it. You've got to go and help out your small businesses. And I think they're just starting out. And it's really, really good. And I like it. So, uh, yeah, go and find the pin, tweet, retweet it or like it. And then you get entries. And then four of you get each win, one mug each. And remember, you get 15% if you type in gooner, dad, 20. God, that was official, wasn't it? How do they manage to do that and not mess it up? You did rather well, there. Right, on, am Daniel.
1: I think I did. It can only be downhill from here now, Danny.
0: <laughs> no, it won't be, because we typed it all ha- ha by one question at a time. So, um, first thing we want to talk about, we'll start off with you, Carl. How do you feel about football coming back? Is it too soon?
2: Um, the world is a crazy place at the moment. It, it really is. There's a, obviously a load of things going on. and um, But the, the, I guess the reason why football stopped was uh, because of this crazy virus. Um, it's... We, we uh, In the world, we still haven't got a handle over it, you know, I think at the moment we're still, uh, in England at least, we're still on at least 300 deaths a day and, you know, this virus is, is really spreading and, and killing people, which is not nice. Um, I think the steps that the Premier League are taking to bring football back is is very good. You know, the the, the testing of the players, the coach and staff, you know, everyone within the clubs and they are getting the the positive results and getting the people to to isolate. Um, That's a good thing. You know, as long as we can uh, still be safe and and bring football back, then I I guess it's a good thing. I was very reluctant. I'll be very honest with you. If you'd asked me this, maybe... Three weeks ago, I would have told you no, no way, it shouldn't come back because uh, things are, life is worth more than people kicking a football about. I can understand the reason why, you know, and I don't agree with the reason why football's coming back because mostly it's about money. There's a, there's no way to get around that. It really is. It's not about trying to decide big titles. It's not about trying to uh, lift the nations, as some people say. It's not about that. It's all about money. It's about, you know, because if we don't complete the season, then obviously the likes of Sky won't give football um, clubs money. And obviously um, we know that, You know, football is a very fragile sport when it comes to finances, and some clubs are literally, you know, living hand to mouth. And that's very silly to say when you've got players at clubs are earning millions and millions of pounds uh, a year. But, you know, there are some football clubs that are living hand to mouth. So they, they really do need this, the the money that comes in from TV rights and league placements and uh, things like that. And, it's going to be very weird. Like the atmosphere is it's going to be very weird within the grounds. And I know today or this week, they had crowd noises at some of the German games, which I really did like because it made you feel like you know the crowd was there. You kind of forgot about it. Um, but it coming back as long as it's done safely and we don't rest on our laurels, and we keep testing these players because what we don't want is you know to stop testing these players. Someone gets it, and all it takes is. a a prominent figure to get it I know like because if you think about the reason why it stopped because was Mikar Arteta got it because the day before he announced that he was going to get it we was going to play I think it was Sheffield United or was it Man City. I can't remember who Man was going to play. Who's going to play Man City. And it's only mm. when... Yeah, thank you, Josh. And it's only when um, Arteta come out and said, oh, I've got coronavirus, that's when people start to think, oh, shit, we need to start taking this seriously. We need to stop. Um, but for me, as long as it's done carefully and we just keep on testing these players, because that's... You know, even in society, we just need to keep testing, testing, testing. And, you know, if these players start to you know, if one or two or three players start to get it, then obviously we need to rethink it. But like I said, as long as it's redone safely, then I have no problem with football coming back.
1: Anyone else? Um, I'll say Kyle, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see it back from a perspective of as much as it's been great seeing football in general back. It's nice to see my team coming back to the field Um, what the viewing or yeah how it would be like to actually watch Arsenal back playing the eeriness of the empty stadium or the dire performances we know that the Arsenal can put out Um, that you know there could be a couple of reasons why it wouldn't necessarily be an enjoyable watch but uh, overall I'm kind of just happy to kind of see it coming back it's like a sense of normality and to be honest uh, yeah I think with the system we've kind of got in place it's not going to be perfect but to be honest, with the kind of stories of how long it might take us for it to get a um, vaccine in place, we're talking kind of like, uh, you know, 18 months before we could see technically like football coming back. And that just seems pretty mad. But if we can do it in a controllable way, uh, I'm kind of, kind of happy to see it plan out. And hopefully there's, there's some planning in place for it as well for the, you know, exceptional circumstances where players end up, you know, Unfortunately, getting coronavirus and what happens there with them. It's
0: a weird thing to way you're working at the moment. Carl has no choice but to go to work because he's a frontline person and he runs the underground, as we all know. Me and Chris don't work, but Josh, you're working from home now. So uh,
1: are you not? No, I'm furloughed. Oh, no, you were? No, yeah, yeah, I was. I'm now, furloughed, now furloughed, so I'm not working at all. And it is, is weird. From home at
3: the moment. You are? <laughs> yeah, as in I'm uh, doing some printing work from home at the moment. I was was
0: worried there for a second. Yeah, but before you say what you think about it, Chris, I was just um, thinking, Josh, that uh, we've now seen that the world has gone, actually, everybody can work from home. And like my friend Anna started a new job, she said, I started my new job on the 23rd of March. I've I've been in once to pick up a laptop. I've never even met the people that I work with. Mm. And I think the future could be that's how, for pollution wise, for coal with the underground and public transport. But the point is with football they're showing games on BBC and are, are ITV getting some games? Could this be the future where they're going, you know what, this three o'clock kickoff and they showing no football on TV during a three o'clock kickoff, this could be the time we go, well, actually, let's change it like the rest of the world do because I think that would be an important thing because then you won't have to have so many people going to football because football's now shown they can survive without having people at the ground. So maybe it's going to help it by going, yeah, we can show all the games on TV now. Do you think that could be the future, Josh? Because it's the think- sort of thing you can see
1: yeah it would certainly be like I'm not expecting to go back to my office physically um once I come back on furlough um for at least eighteen months or so but whilst oh. social distance yeah whilst social wow. distancing's still in place I don't expect to be going back to the physical office uh, unless for meetings and things like that um but otherwise it'd be working remotely so yeah I get what you mean when they dropped the three o'clock kickoff um Thing for Saturdays for not showing live TV in the UK. Um, Should say around the world. Everyone else didn't have that kind of restrictions in place, but uh, I could see it, you know, not coming back because they list they did that really early on as well. Uh, They lifted that restriction more or less like a couple of weeks after football stopped, and it kind of went under the radar that this had happened.
2: But if you notice what they've done, what they're doing. I think I think recently, three o'clock kickoff to like two no. forty-five and two thirty instead of three o'clock. So that yeah. makes it that we they can show the sort of game. So they haven't really lifted the restrictions; it's just changed the times ever so slightly.
1: Yeah, I think because it was they weren't allowed to ever show football at three o'clock, even if Canberra used. To, uh, who was it that had a um, uh, not Satanta? It was one of them. The one that was owned by an old Leeds United guy. Um, but tried to do it with El Clasico, didn't he? Because that kicked off at half two and just kept the broadcast going into like quarter past three before they just shut it down and said that hey, you can't do this. Uh, even though it's a off, you can't do it. Um,
0: in the UK, we're not allowed to see any games anywhere in the world at three any,
1: o'clock. Yeah, no. Uh, no so no. even if it was Bundesliga, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, that's why El Clasico was kind of moved away from the half two slot or half two slot for the UK, was so they could show it over here. Uh, but I, with that kind of lifted, I think it will kind of yeah kind of sort us out in terms of there's not going to be many opportunities for us to go back to a ground, irrespective of what level. You know, we could certainly social distance in some grounds better than others. Um, I'm sure there's the token Man City joke that I'm sure that crowd could socially distance already. But in terms of what we see in the wider sense of football, uh, even in the lower divisions, they're going to have to find a way of not, uh, you know, without only dealing with people coming through the gates. And it might be just a different way of season ticketing. You know, they're going to be streaming games instead, Uh, a bit like what Sunderland's... um, reasoning why they're not refunding season tickets was because they're streaming all the games. So you're still going to attend. You're still going to be there. So we're going to give you access to the games that way and we'll see a more um, open broadcasting. But whether or not we get more free-to-air, I think it's almost a token kind of thing because BBC didn't get a choice of what matches they're showing. They're getting yeah basically they're getting the bottom of the barrel same as Amazon this was a oh here you go you've got um, four games and they've said they're not even going to put it behind the prime paywall they're going to be free to air as well as long as you can stream off Amazon you can get those games because it'll be someone like Palace versus Bournemouth or you know yeah in the BBC their first game
2: BBC's first game is like Palace versus Norwich so it's like it's
1: a it's a game that's not going to have a huge viewership in it yeah it's great for the bbc that you know we're going to get free to air premiership football for four games so you're going to see it you're going to go oh great that's this four games it's a game i might watch but to be honest with the way the kickoff times are you'll go there's a more exciting game somewhere else
0: chris this is the official the longest you've ever gone on the podcast about talking before you answer what your thoughts and all of this lot are Carl made an interesting point about the finances and clubs rely on finances. Are you going to winkle Josh and doing a football hipsters about lower league English football and how they're going to, the possible future of no one being able to go? Do, don't do say um, no because I thought would
3: see it then. I mean, yeah, we, we probably will. We, we are we are due to pod again quite soon. So I think we're, we're going to discuss things in a wider Good. a so wider What's your thoughts Tom,
0: um, on all thank- that lot?
3: um well i mean i'm, sli- I'm slightly different to, to the other guys um i still don't think that there should be any football anywhere right now i, I still think it's madness um the thing that i, I watched Dortmund's um hertha before we came online today and as carl said the one thing that, that i did notice straight away was they were they were pumping crowd noise in and it, i did a Double take actually at first because I was like, mm, I, I, I was really surprised. Was like, what they let fans in? I, I didn't realize it was being pumped in, and it, it did improve it slightly. It did, but the it, it still doesn't feel normal. You know, it, it well obviously it's not normal. Of course it's not, but it, it still doesn't feel. It's not the game I, I fell in love with years ago. It's just not. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel um, it doesn't. It feels forced. I think that's the word I'm going to use. Forced, and, and I I know that when Arsenal play, you know, I'll watch and, uh, you know, God bless the fact that I don't have to, uh, you know, don't have to get stick from people for not watching streamed games anymore. That That's a blessing in disguise. Um, but, um, you know, I, w- I will watch and of course I want us to do well. And, and if we were to, to, to fluke into fifth or fourth place, fantastic. And, you know, who knows, we might end up with an FA Cup as well. You know, you just never know. This season might, might end up being quite good for us, but it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. It, it feels very hollow I've got quite strong views on on what the government in the UK have done. Um, I feel a little bit like I think Carl shares my view on this one. I feel a little bit like a, a, a guinea pig in in this country at the moment. I feel like I'm one of one of many millions that are being, for want of a better phrase, taking the piss out of by those in power over here. Because I just feel like we're I feel like the government didn't make the change or didn't stand by the changes that they should have done. And I feel like they were pushed into this decision, like Carl said, and, and Josh said on money, um, that the whole excuse of, Oh, we want to give the the, the country some normality back. I think it's just the weakest, weakest of weak excuses you could, you could get. Um, you know, I love my football, but I was managing just fine without it, you know, and, and I, I would continue to have done so if, if that hadn't been an option. And I, and I just feel that, that we are all the Guinea pigs now in, in, in a sense, we're, we're just being tested to see is this going to be a second wave you know are are we going to be all all buggered and basically if there is a second wave the government can then enforce stronger measures and say look we told you you know and you all couldn't behave and you all couldn't do these things and and then they will come out looking like the good guys and I feel like sport is going to be very much guinea piggy as well in that regard because I still feel like if if we end up Again, like Carl was saying and Josh was saying, if 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 we do get one one or two cases, particularly if it's a high profile player, or we get a very high profile player refusing to play, like N'Golo Kante did originally, obviously that's changed. But I think I think I think it, you're, when it when that happens or if that happens, this whole debate is going to rage all over again, um, and and the same same at championship level, um, and the same in Italy. I think there's a bit of discussion about how they're going to continue if it happens so personally i'm not as enthused maybe as as the other guys and and i'm you know of course i'll I'll always support my club that's what we do but am i excited about it am i am i sort of counting the days no not really and am i am i enjoying watching football at the moment when it's not what i would call real no i'm not i'm really not and the the only saving grace is that we can look back at this and say Liverpool didn't really win the league, did they? But that's the only saving grace. I just, it, it just doesn't feel right to me and until you've got your, the fans are what make a club at the end of the day, and I, and I don't feel like it's the real game we're getting back at this stage.
2: I think what we also need to do is the fans need to play their part as well. We all know that Liverpool are going to win a title, albeit you know, however they do it. And what we don't want is fans turning up at games. And, I, I, you know, we can just foresee this, like the North London derby. You just know there's going to be some dickheads are going to turn up at the ground outside. The same with... Um, I've seen stories about the um, the Merseyside derby, um, because that's the game that they can potential potentially win the league um, unless um, we beat... Man, sorry, when we beat Man City, um, I think they could win it before then. But if we don't beat Man City, I think it's the most side derby they could potentially win the league. And you just know that the dirty scousers I'm sorry, to anyone listening who's a scouser, but I'm sorry, the dirty ones, uh, are going to turn up at the ground and you just know that they're going to mingle and, and things like that. And it's just like, as fans, we need to play our part as well, you know, like, um. Like Chris said, as much as I want football back, like and I do want football back, I don't personally think it should be back, but that's my personal opinion. But what we need to do as fans is make sure that we don't ruin it. And, you know, when Liverpool win the league, we don't want them having street parties and as much as they're gonna want to, and by all means, I could totally understand, but you they need to play their part as well because you just know they are you just know they're going to be out in full street parties all dancing around anfield throwing bins in the air and all sorts like that and just think please 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 don't but it's going to happen and then what happens then when you know this magical r rate goes above one which it probably already is but the government are not telling us about but that's another debate for another podcast another time
0: well the highest r rate recorded in the country at the moment is 1.27 and that's down in the southwest what they do they get the highest and then they get the lowest and then they they get the average out and that's how they're going well down in where chris is it's uh, i think it's 0.9 but the lowest is 0.78 well hold on you're still getting 1.27 what the fuck are you doing since february the 25th i've left the house three times and i think i'm a bit of a dirty stop out one of those i was out for nearly an hour and that was only going around my village. No one in my village is ill. There's only a few, you only yeah. see a few people wandering around. Like you are saying, Carl, you could do an entire podcast about like this, like with people. and uh, now, now they've announced you've got to wear um, face masks when you use public transport. Now.
2: Which is going <laughs> to be, one, impossible yeah. to police. And yeah. two, you think we are, what, this is the 10th or 11th week into this pandemic. And only now they're saying um, wear face masks. And only now, on Monday you now have to self-quarantine for flying into another country. I mean, like I said, this is a football podcast and we want to stay on this football thing. But like Chris said, this government has been absolutely ridiculous and how they've handled this. But again let's stick to uh, <laughs> Arsenal when uh, not <laughs> nothing, it? me yeah. and Chris are doing do another government podcast there's, there's <laughs>
1: no uh, there's no chances of Arsenal fans congregating to celebrate anything this season so uh, we don't <laughs> need no, to worry yeah, about no. it and we can move on
2: well we are going to beat Man City I'm not, oh I yeah guess, that's okay you know,
1: um, I'll meet you it, all at the Etihad
2: <laughs> it goes on to <laughs> what we're going to talk about next about um, you know has Arteta turned us around do you think Arteta can go back to his old stomping ground and get a win
1: why
0: not? Oh, it's Anything. a difficult one, isn't it? Um, uh,
1: yeah, Danny, what do you reckon? Because you barely well, get to answer any of these questions.
0: the job of a host, I shut up and make you lot look good. <laughs> well, the next thing we were going to talk about, one the, the third um, point that I, I put down there, uh, the only injury we have now is, is Chambers. When was the last time we had a fully fit squad? And you've seen now that we have got so many attacking options and we've got everybody fit. And going up to Man City with a fully fit squad, I think we're one of the only Premier League teams that has got almost no injuries. Chambers isn't going to be back this season. I don't know. he'll be back... uh I think it's late August he's meant to be back there because we don't know when this season's going to end the FA Cup on Christmas Day, the way this is going. Uh, yeah, but I, I think we can definitely do something. I'm, I'm, I'm not as pessimistic about it as Chris is. For me, no, no more football. Cancel it, job done, France have done it, get it out of the way. You don't need to risk the people having to go there, but financial reasons that you've got to do it. But, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to going up there. And didn't Arsblog say they'd be playing FIFA noises in the background to try and yeah. <laughs> the a little bit. I haven't listened to his podcast yet. But I think we can go we can the... definitely... I was
2: well, just
3: going to say, on the injuries, and, and and speaking of him, he did a very good interview with Darren Burgess, the, the former former head of Arsenal Sporting yeah. um, yeah, sporting Clinic or whatever it was, the injury side. And and just on the injuries, I do think we need to brace ourselves we, we don't have a great injury record at Arsenal as it is. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that there'll be a lot oh, of rotation. Or did he go? No, he's gone back to Australia. He's working with um, Melbourne, the Aussie rules team, Melbourne yeah. Heart, is it? Um, but yeah, he's, he was saying that there'll be a lot of, basically a lot of hard, a lot of hard load injuries. So things like Achilles and ankles and knees because players are able to do jogging and running, et cetera, and so on. But they're not necessarily able to do um, the, the the fast movements, like the turning and and the move the moving off the ball and receiving and going again and um, sharp movements. So,
1: yeah, I th- well, we can I think- see this in Germany at the moment. Um, yeah, because they're what three weeks in now to yeah. returning, um, and you know everybody's new boy wonder because everybody's now watching Bundesliga. Kai Havertz, or um, is yeah. well, missing from uh, Leverkusen. Day.
0: Million for him, he's, he's had two, he's had four seasons at his club, and only the last two he's yeah. been any good. Is that the one?
1: Yeah, uh, he's 19, he's very, he is very, good. He's very, very good. He's very, very good. Uh, but he didn't play this week, you know. They've been basically running him into the ground because they need him. Uh, I hmm. could see us doing a similar thing with a to be honest, making sure yeah. we don't
0: break. He's
1: well, it, you know, are we gonna need him? You know, he's gonna have to play probably three or four games in a row. Uh,
3: that it... on where we are though I mean let's let's say we beat man City just for argument's sake and say we get four wins out of five and we're right in that fifth place chase, then he has to play, but let's see let's say we lose to man City um and before you know it, we're actually you know pretty much out of league contention, surely then with the season being the way it is, that's when Arteta needs to say, well, actually now is the time to blood. Um, Willock again. Now's the time to get Lacquer's form back, give Eddie a run because the FA Cup becomes the priority then. You know, if, it probably if we can't
2: depends. Make... Sorry, go on Chris, sorry. No, no, that was, that was what I was going to say. Yeah. It probably depends on what like, um, what our, uh, Aubameyang's going to do next season. I mean, if mm. he's going to stay, then you're going to try and keep him happy, aren't you? But I guess by now, Arsenal and Arteta would know whether Aubameyang's going to stay next season. And if he's not, then I guess it's, like you said, if we're kind of out of the running uh within the first three, four games, then it's kind of well, you're not gonna be here next season, and I need to look towards next season, so that's yeah. when you're right, you play the like I said, if he's gonna stay as well, and you look to the inkettier and and those sort of people, so yeah, it does depend on whether he's gonna stay or not,
3: yeah
0: Carl, yeah you just brought on to and we've we've gone on to that you brought us on to our next point of um what's gonna happen with players contracts, they all expire on july the third July the first. If that's if a player's leaving, did you find that list of players that end up in contract, Josh?
1: It's very much at the bottom of the chat if you scroll down. Uh, but oh, I can yeah. read it if you like.
0: Yeah, go on, you do that. Uh,
1: so we have got four players, uh, previously thought to be three until the Athletic did uh, a lovely bit of digging into, uh, into to talk David Louise's contract. <laughs> um, yeah, so Not David Louise really- is one with an asterisk I'm going to put on that one. And then it's the three loanees, really. Um, Pablo Mari, but I don't know if we've got an option to buy that we're going to take up on him. I think, I think that probably,
0: we will let yeah. him buy him 10 million, I think I it think is. I think so,
1: yeah. Um, I'll go Danny Ceballos is the other one with his uh, Real Madrid uh, loan. And then the one, probably the most interesting, is Cedric Suarez. Because we've got him on loan from Southampton, but he's out of contract as well with them in the summer. So that's going to be a bit of a clusterfuck. But how often do you get him play? You know, we probably won't need him after July 1st if Chris says everything that was going to happen.
3: I I, I think Suarez is already an Arsenal player, personally. Yeah,
1: I, I think. Something like that is probably going to happen as well. He's, in terms not,
0: of... he's played almost no football. Also. He's not been a regular for Southampton all season. He's come to us in January, played no football. So he's not exactly put yourself in the window for other clubs to come in. And he's going to go, well, hold on. I'm not really going to do. I mean, I've, I've had a stroke of luck ending up at Arsenal. You're not going to get a move to anyone bigger. And you may well be the uh, a new dual command because he covers in lots of positions, doesn't he, Josh? Uh,
1: yeah, he's been injured for most of the season. I think that's what kind of doesn't help him. I think the best thing we can kind of see from him is that, as you say, there's not many options up from Arsenal for him at the moment, especially with the season he's had. He's a perfectly serviceable right back. You know, some might say he could get into sides that are above there, uh, above our position, certainly. Um, there are eight of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I kind of see him as, you know what, he's that kind of perfect option that I think would be happy. Playing second fiddle to Hector Bellerin,
0: isn't he a better and defender? than the problem.
1: Really? I think he's got a better end product, mm. which is a polite way of saying no. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, he's got a better end product. I think it's Suarez. Um, he really does like a cross. He's but...
3: an international footballer as well. I mean, people, yeah. people, people have mocked him, and you know, I get the whole injury thing, and I get the fact that that maybe he's, he's you know he's become a bit of the, the new Kim Kelstrom but. It's not, you know, it's not his fault that he was injured. It's not his fault that his his agent got him a a good good move. But he seems to have embraced the idea of playing for Arsenal. He seems to be keen on playing for us. And you know, he is an international quality fullback. Portugal Portugal were were European champions champions not long ago. You know, you don't get in there starting eleven if if you're crap.
0: You know, he's uh, 29 at the end of August, and he's played 33 games for Portugal, and he won the um, the thingy Bob, didn't he? The
1: yeah, was it clear? He's, and and yeah, and if, he's, he's, oh, sorry, I was just, Chris,
3: go on. No, I was just just going to say, if if you're if you're going uh, to a club where Hector Bellerin is first choice, you know, Hector is still. We don't know. Okay, this break has probably done him the world of good. I think Darren Burgess was saying about how it, this break will have really helped people like Rob Holding and, and Hector Bellerin because they'll have got themselves back to the level that the other players were at before the break. So that that's a good thing for them. But there's no guarantee that A, Hector doesn't, doesn't find his Barca DNA in the summer, or B, gets you know ha, still has recurring injuries or isn't back to his best. So y- you need two quality players in, in each position. We haven't got that left-back, but we have got that right-back if we've got Suarez.
1: Yeah, it's also not, again, not his fault that we've got no-one coming through the Youth Academy in that no. position. No, uh, no. Maitland-Niles has already said, you know he doesn't want to play right-back. So yeah. rather surprisingly for Arsenal, we've dealt with that in a way of saying all right, you don't want to play right back. Well, we're signing a right back to yeah. play back up to Bellerin. Uh, so you're never going to play in that position again. And unfortunately, just... you're not to, Yeah, we can go on to Edmett LeMars in general on mm. whether or not we feel he would or wouldn't play for us. But we've been quite aggressive in that regard. And to be honest, Suarez, I would say, is a bit like Monreal in the way he kind of plays. He's very quietly good. Mm. He's not going to give you a 10 out of 10 performance necessarily every week or every other week but he is kind of consistent and I think that's something you kind of want from a backup because mm. I think when we signed Monreal he wasn't I'm trying to think who I left back at the time was then it was Andre Santos I think he, well, well yeah
3: he was in that era wasn't
1: it yeah it's that kind of era but again he kind of came in as a little bit of a backup you know he's not the marquee signing I like, think no, he's just I mean, a, he yeah matter. he's just a clever little signing that, that could come in and you know what do a job for us and to be honest in a squad we're, we're going to need that to be honest until the youth academy starts producing right backs for us because we don't really have many mm.
0: carl um going back to the the contracts thing because we drifted off slightly and picking up another point that we wanted to make um what do we do with Alba if he refuses to sign a new deal? We can't afford to let him go for free next summer. So are we are we in another Ozil 350 grand a week scenario? Because this is going to be his last contract. Because it, he's got two or three years easily at the top still, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, but we can't afford to pay him Ozil money. There's no way we can afford it. Um, I don't think people realize what this um this break in football has done to football clubs. You know, Arsenal's match day revenue is at least 1.5 uh, million. So if you think that we're missing out on 1.5 million every single match day, that football is going to take a very long time to recover until fans can get back in to grounds and that's not going to be for a very long time. So I think that the days of paying someone, you know, uh, £350,000 a week is definitely gone. Uh, I I think clubs are going to say, you know, this is what we're offering. You take it or you leave it. And, and, you know, agents now, they must be scrambling thinking, okay, we can't get our players, you know, the two, three, four, five, six, seven hundreds a week. That's not going to happen anymore. And and unfortunately, you're going to have to say to Abameyang, we'll give you another contract. That's fine. We can probably give you maybe 50 grand pay rise, whatever he's on. He must be on at least, I would say, what, 200 there or thereabouts. So, and if he doesn't want to sign, then we just got to take what we can for him. Abameyang's going to have no... um, Problems finding another club. You know, I'm sure the likes of Barcelona and PSG, and uh, I'm sure there's some other clubs that will want him. They'll go for him. And if we can get, what is he, 31 32? I think 31 is
0: 31 in about 12 days.
2: And as good as he is and as good as and he's really brilliant, um, listen, if we can get 30 to 40 million for a 31-year-old, then we've got to take it. We've got to because we cannot wind up in an Aaron Ramsey situation again. We cannot wind up in our best player leaving for free. So it's gonna, we're going to have to be ruthless. We're going to have to say, Aubameyang, do you want to sign for us? Yes or no? If he says no, then OK, thank you very much. And we have to send him no if ands or buts. No getting down to six months of his contract and saying, oh, please, please, please. And end up having to offer him the amount of money. It's literally, are you signing? Yes, no, no. OK, we thank you for your service and being here for the last three years. Unfortunately, you need to go now.
0: What do you think it would be if you had to put your, um, your bus pass on it?
2: Um, I don't think he would be here. I think he will go I think like you said he wants that run big contract, and we just cannot offer him that money maybe a club with a rich uh, owner can but we have a rich owner but he's not willing to put his money into the club
0: but he look good in black and white stripes and can he say why I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> it also depends on what uh, happens in this transfer market to be honest because we don't know the full financial impact of COVID-19 on transfer market, you know, if someone comes in and gives us 50 million pounds plus for a Bamiang, sure, w- you, could, you could have us there. But you know what? If clubs don't have that kind of money to spend on a 30-plus-year-old striker that's going to give them nothing in terms of resale value at the end of their contracts, is it worth the kind of risk? Or are we actually just going to be caught out with this? No one's going to come in for him in the summer. We then got a player Who's in the last years of their contract? That we're not going to get any money for, uh, and won't sign a new deal. If we don't make European football as well, we probably don't have the money on the wage bill to deal with it. So uh,
2: we have to take what we can for him. Uh, and if a yeah. if a, I don't know a Man City well, won't come in for him, but if a a Juventus or a flipping a PSG. Or Barcelona or Real Madrid coming for, say, 30 million. I think you even have to accept 30 million, as good as, and we're not going to get someone of a quality for 30 million. It's not going to happen. But
0: I think. I think uh, need, you know, we've got Lacazette and we've got Eddie scored a hat trick today. And yeah, but Lacaz-
2: Lacazette's not guaranteed to stay either because mm-hmm. he's in his last year, isn't as well. Mm-hmm. So again, we're looking at Bamiyan, but we're with forgetting about Lacazette as well.
3: You have to you have to look at you have to look at where we are in the club as well. I mean, you know, if you if you look at the business that Chelsea are about to do with, with Timo Werner, there's a reason that they're going. There's a reason that they're going for a player like that, though, um, because he's got a buyout clause. That deal is very easy to do, and sure, it's sixty million euros, which still, with what's going on in the world, seems like a high amount of money. But when your owner is Roman Abramovich, it's not.
1: It's oh, uh, sorry, Chris, to come in on that. Um, yeah. The reason they can do that deal is because Maratta is being bought for forty-eight million pounds. Abramovich has put none of his money into that club
3: even better, for this season.
1: Even better. Um, but if if yeah.
3: they wanted, to, if they wanted to buy him outright, even if Maratta wasn't going, they they mm. could afford to spend that money. But it's but it's a very easy deal to do, and they're getting a player who, because of that release clause, Leipzig could have sold Timo Werner last summer for a hundred million plus. They're now being forced to sell him for sixty million. Arsenal are not in that market. We are I hate to sort of I, I hate to, to bring You're it just
0: back what we're all thinking.
3: Well, I, I hate to sort of bring it bring it back to, to we've all been looking back at past seasons. We are now where we were when our came in and, and George left. That's where we are as a club right now, in in my it's opinion. I mean we might not have Glenn Helder and Chris Kiwomir, but you know, we do have Jacker and, and Kalasanac. So, you know, we we're, we're not we're in a place where we need to we need to be really careful about who we buy and and arguably we need to be looking at the youth and, and looking at what we've got in the club at the moment and potentially and this really pains me to say it maybe we need to be looking down the league that we're playing in for our players rather than trying to find you know the next hidden gems there's nothing wrong with with getting a, a william saliba or you know an an, a, an unknown lad from holland or something like that but Maybe we need to be starting to look at the, the the Cedric Suarez's of Southampton or looking at the players that are, you know, available, shall we say, um, from a, a team like um, probably Leicester's, even Leicester's out of our, our range now. But...
1: To be honest, we can stay in Norwich. I mean, how many of us would yeah. take Todd Campwell?
3: Yeah, Max Aarons. Yeah, he's going
1: down. We'd all yeah. take Todd Campwell. we take either of their full-backs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Max Aaron's Gwend- definitely Gwendier on the wing if exactly. we need to find someone there. And, there, are, they, there are options.
3: And would they do any worse than some of the players we've got now? And if we've got a player... I mean, I personally would, would keep Abamyang if, if, if he can. And I, I do get the impression that he's quite happy. And I think had this had this virus not kicked in, I think he probably would have gone. I think arguably this might change things because I'm not sure there'll be such a big market for him as there would have been had this not have, have all kicked off. Um, but yeah, I mean...
0: If you because so we, we've done forty five minutes now, and we've only done three of our own points. <laughs> so, um, Chris, then Josh, what do you think is going to happen with Aubameyang? John Carl says he's, he thinks he's, he'll leave. I
3: think I think he stays. I think he, I'll leave it at that. I think he stays. Josh,
1: uh, I don't think there's a market for him really uh, at this moment in time, post COVID nineteen. So, I think he stays for next season, um, whether it goes in the January. Gen- Obviously. Whether or not he goes into the January or not, um, yeah, there are a couple of rules that might help out boost other teams' finances, uh, that will be coming into play. Like the big, you know, the Chelsea farming out loanees. yeah, that's getting cut from next season, that's going down <laughs> to just seven players. Wow. So, fire sale at Chelsea, by the way, because I've got 35 players they need to get rid of, that's um, but yeah, um that's going to be something that will really shorten and get team squad sizes down. And uh, I'll tell you so there's a lot of players that I think we could see. I'll tell you what yeah. else might change it as well, Josh.
3: The outcome yeah. of Man City appeal. Mm, if they are bounced out of the Champions League, then at least three, maybe four of their first team players are gone. De Bruyne has gone, Sane has gone. Arguably, Aguero moves on for one last season elsewhere. If they If they overcome that and they stay in the Champions League, they're going to go ham to reinforce that squad because they need to to compete with mm. Liverpool. If they're not in the Champions League, um, their their market or the players they buy will significantly boost the teams that are selling players to them and they'll have money to go shopping for at clubs like ours and pick off some of our players.
2: So, well, I think we're getting as well the Newcastle aspect as well because if yeah, that sale goes through, yeah. then you can see Newcastle coming in for a player like Aubameyang, Premier yeah. League, you know, like Man City did mm. to us. Um, you know, Sorry. Yeah. Got the Premier League experience, you know, they look to us and think, Oh yeah, we can go and take a, a Bamayang and you know, so the Newcastle thing is I guess is one that every team is looking at because they know that Newcastle are gonna have billions to spend and they know that some of their best players will be getting tapped up to go to Newcastle and you know, money does money talks. So mm. I can there definitely is- see that happening
1: there is a player that I think, and Danny, it comes down further in the list, but I think it's pertinent to kind of bring him up at the moment uh, that you could see is like a prime kind of raiding us. And that's Kieran Tierney mm. at the moment to Newcastle. You could kind of see it happening, uh, especially because of that kind of money, you know, we've got depth in that position, but we've seen recently, I asked this one to Chris and Carl, um to Man City, uh, not Man City, Leicester City uh, as a, Ben Chilwell replacement. Do you see anything in that rumour, Chris? Or we just, it's just paper talk? I,
3: I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't see us selling to any, to be honest. I, I don't see it. I think I think Leicester will uh, talk of Chilwell to Chelsea, isn't there, for 80 or 90 of million they want from the a left-back.
0: Yeah. 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 Get rid um, of a long
3: I think there's more likelihood that, that Leicester would replace him with you mentioned already, like a Norwich youngster, or uh, you know a, a player from a club that's going down. Um, I don't know. If, like, I don't know. If, like, for example, like a Villa go down, someone like a Jack Grealish will, will go to a club like a Leicester, and I think that's the sort of market Leicester will um, will be shopping in. Um, I don't. I, I, I yeah. I mean, I, I get the Brendan Rodgers link to t and that. So I, I just I just think it'd be a backward step. You know, we've essentially brought in a left back for the next ten years. Why would we then sell him on? Um, it would, To me, it would be a very odd movie. So I think that one's probably... And we are getting... I know we're going to mention another player later on in the pod. We're getting into that stage, aren't we? Football's back, so we have to get... We have to go back to uh, goal.com and get our regular dose of daily bullshit about transfers <laughs> that make up the back of toilet paper, you know? So um, I wouldn't believe all you read. I think they've got to sell column inches now. So you, these
2: rumours are going are to pick up quick.
1: Yeah, Carl, you got the same kind of um, yeah output on that one?
2: Yeah, definitely. Wow. I can't see him going. Definitely not. We've bought a player who hasn't, you know, just through injury, hasn't had a proper run in the team yet. And, you know, towards now and the end of the season, it should be him getting a good run in the team. You know, him and Kolasinac, uh exchanging uh positions are uh, exchanging games so I want to we haven't seen the best of Kieran Tierney yet we haven't seen even I don't think 10% or 20% of Kieran Tierney yet Uh once he has a good run in the team then we'll see but I just can't see him even not at all
1: uh, Danny and as Kieran Tierney does I will cross it back to you
0: <laughs> oh, lovely Um <laughs> I'm going to go back slightly on the last one. I've just sent you the listeners' questions, Josh. Well, I'll put them to all of you, but Josh can read them out. Um, I look back at Sanchez and I weep like a baby. I think Aubameyang should go because we don't know in, t- in in this next 18 months what's going to happen. If we can get that amount of money in and that amount of money off of the wages and also that means that you've got Martinelli can now play because uh, that's just one more player that we've got that can go up there because... Um, Young's value is just going to keep going down and down and down and at some point uh, you're going to have to cash in and I think they, they, might want to, they might want to cash in, I'd cash in but when I will look back in years to come and I'll be playing football manager or FIFA and I'll look at um, Young in an Arsenal kit and I'll go that bloke, if he had had a decade at Arsenal he'd be our record goal scorer, that bloke isn't that, he's one of the greatest strikers in, in Premier League history and in, in, in modern history of football he's absolutely amazing and yeah I think he'll go because uh why would you want to be in this country when you can go and live it up in Spain I mean look at it now in the middle of the summer it's been raining all day and hailstones it's a nightmare I'll be so sad to see him maybe,
3: maybe maybe so but you also might look at Anton Griezmann and think do you know what it's not all Barcelona it's not all rosy Barcelona because <laughs> you you know cause that, that, there is a realistic chance of Valba uh, going somewhere like that and not not saying not playing but being third or fourth choice so I mean it's and, and, and Bar- also, there's no good cashing again. In. Say again. He cost Barca 120 million, and then
0: about three or four hundred thousand yeah. wages, and he's done nothing.
3: And, and, well, well, no that that's complete that's completely wrong. He's done quite a lot, but they're they're not playing him in the positions and in the style that's suit him because they're too obsessed with getting messy and and um, uh, and and Dudar into the side. Um Suarez. Suarez. So I, I yeah. I don't, I don't think um, I don't think it's. I don't think that's the player's fault. He he, you know, he's he's a good fit for Barca if he was used the right way. But that's for a Barca pod. But also, if you, if you get if you get money in for Alba, there's no point cashing in on these players if we then don't invest the money wisely. And let's be honest, our transfer business hasn't been amazing for a while, has it? You know, I I, I think the Pepe one will come good. The Tierney one's good, but if you look at it over the last 10, 15 years. You know, there's no point in us having money if we're just going to waste it on some of the crap we brought in. Yes, that's indeed. how I view it.
0: I don't think he will go. How long have we got left? We have got about 40 minutes to go. So um, I've put the, so when we come up later, Josh, you did the listeners' questions. Carl, if you want to do Fife's forum, because then you can be meeting the Fife at the same time. <laughs> make it a we planned That I mean, we haven't planned this at all. That's just going to be uh, off the cuff. And what other points have we got here? Um, should we have a moment silent for Spurs? Their stadium should have cost five hundred million. It ended up costing a billion, and now they've just had a one hundred and fifty million pound loan taken out, Carl, with a point five percent interest, and uh, they're not allowed to use it for transfers. Does that does that make you feel sad, or
2: <laughs> it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside because you can just see they're going to have to sell their best asset. And their best asset is uh, that dribbling uh, (laughs) Harry Kane. Uh, They're not going to want to sell him. I I totally understand that. And, you know, as a football fan, I can can understand why they wouldn't want to sell their best player. But they have no other assets in their squad that anyone else is going to want. So he's going to have to go. Maybe Lloris back to France. Maybe. But even I don't rate Lloris. I don't think he's as good as uh, people think. Chris, don't come in there. But um, <laughs> in, in all seriousness, um, I think they're going to have to sell their best player. And their best player is Harry Kane. They've got no other... I mean, they spent how much money on, on Dombolet. And he hasn't turned out to be that very good either, is he? Um, so time will tell. But... You know, it makes me laugh. I'm happy that, you know, I think our dear, dear, dear late friend Steve he predicted all of this. He, I remember listening to various voice notes in our WhatsApp you group. Of, even say it now, can't. Yeah, I? of him predicting all of this happening, yeah. and literally, it's it's come to fruition. So, you know, I'm sure Steve is somewhere laughing at them, calling them a, a name and one of their players a name, which we all know what. Um, <laughs> we all know what name he's calling one of their players, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's great. I, I do think it's very, uh, I think it's very funny, and they're going to have to sell Harry Kane. They've got no choice whatsoever. Uh, if they do keep him, then they're going to be in a lot of debt, especially with no matchday revenue coming in as well.
0: Yes, um, that's right. There, I think everyone feels the same. I just wanted one of you to have a laugh. It, um, Josh, FA Cup. It's the provisional day for the final is the 1st of August. My God, that's seven days before the season starts, isn't it? I think
3: (laughs) that's the way it (laughs) should
0: work. Um, The quarterfinals are provisionally the 27th and 28th of June. On the 27th at 5pm, we play Sheffield United at their place. Later in the day, Man United go to Norwich. The next day, Chelsea go to Leicester. I nearly said Marseille then. I'm losing the (laughs) <laughs> and then the final, <laughs> the final game is Man City goes to Newcastle. Um, later on in the question, someone does question whether the FA Cup should have just been abandoned. What's your thoughts on on the FA Cup, Josh, and what we're we gonna do in it?
1: I'd like to think we've got a chance. Um, purely because the momentum that I think Sheffield United kind of built up earlier in the season has been a little bit diminished by them having, you know, or by all of us having two or three months off to be honest. They probably had time to reflect back on their position and hopefully gives us an opportunity to try and get something out of that game. Um, I know it's ridiculous being Arsenal and talking about trying to get something out of a Sheffield United game, but it is what it is for where we're at at the moment. Um, But looking at the teams that are kind of left in that position, if we're looking at form prior to the the season kind of being broken up two, two or three months ago, yeah, we we certainly got a chance at the FA Cup. There's a couple of teams that I might look to avoid. Probably Man City being really the only one that kind of scares me in there and then Leicester is probably another one. But otherwise we know Newcastle are just going to buy Man City to get through that tie with all their millions. But uh yeah. I think we've certainly got a chance at the FA Cup and yeah. I, I did see someone mentioning that you know what it is a route to europe as well if we really need to get into the europa league mm. bloody hell i can't believe we're kind of been thinking like that yeah probably really yeah you told three. me 25 years ago i'd be saying bloody <laughs> hell there's a chance we get into europe Oh, with a win in the <laughs> fa cup yeah that's not the uh, that's not the reason we should be winning the fa cup is because it gives us a place in europe we should be winning the fa cup it's a decent trophy
0: I've just seen the uh, Lacazette goal. Um, David Luiz launches the ball from the middle of his own area across the length of the pitch. And someone brings it down, gives it to Lacazette, and he thunder it. bastards it. I've pluralised something you can't pluralise. into in the back of the net. That's on Twitter now. I mean, it's uh, like Price Bates is doing it. Chris, thoughts on the FA Cup? Do you, or do you just agree with uh, Josh? No, we all agree with Josh.
3: Yeah, but... Um... Yeah, pretty much what Josh has said. Um, it is, as you said, it is, it's a trophy at the end of the day. It would, be, it would give Mikel a, a, sp- a springboard into next season. Um, I had to double-take and find out who's left in it because I forgot who had gone out and whatnot. And I didn't know we were still in it. Big, well, quite <laughs> a few big clubs have gone out and Spurs. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there, is, there is every opportunity. And I think the other thing as well is we, we're away to Sheffield United. I think with that crowd a different game without that crowd I think we we'd we be to be honest I think we'd beat them fairly comfortably so I do think we'll get through that that game um then it's all about the draw but yeah I I mean it it would be it would be it'd be very typically Arsenal for the manager who um you know contracted this virus and caused all this to then go on and win the FA Cup it'd be a very Arsenal story wouldn't it but I thought yeah, I, 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 I I'm
1: Sorry, Chris. I thought you were going to say it was very Arsenal for us to beat Sheffield United and then get knocked out to Norwich in the next round.
3: Oh, that as well. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well. Yeah, yeah. That that's very much Arsenal as well. No, I, I do. I do think we've we've got a, we've got as good a chance as anyone, which I know is the most obvious thing in the world to say. But um, while we're still in it, you have got to go for it. And uh, you know, there's at the end of the day, there's there's clubs, other clubs that are in it that might have focuses on on other things. Um we we seem to be a fairly in fairly good shape fitness wise. it's all about momentum now, isn't it? Who comes off quick? But um yeah, I I, th- I do think we can I do think we could potentially win it and I I would certainly I'd certainly be going for it. I wouldn't I wouldn't be thinking, oh well the competition's diminished because of what's going on, I'd be going for it.
0: Uh, Arsenal have just tweeted that the full highlights of today's game against Charlton are on the Arsenal website. That's good. Carl, thoughts
2: on the FA Cup? I honestly thought it would be abandoned. Yeah. um, Because there's no talk of the League Cup, is there? Um, No one's mentioned that at all, so I'm assuming that's abandoned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming that's abandoned completely. But the FA Cup, I just think, I think it's too many games to fit in because even, I know it's no matter to us because we're out, but they're trying to also finish Europe as well aren't they you just uh, say league uh, cup. are you trying to wind people up the League
3: Cup's already had the final I think has it I think it means. Be- yeah oh d- I thought you meant for next season sorry <laughs> oh was it yeah, oh the- Man sorry City okay.
1: probably- I just ignored oh. it to be honest <laughs> fuck
3: out, yeah. how much <laughs> League Cup they have That's had they much- like.
1: Villa I- versus City wasn't it Man City- I yeah Man City beat Villa yeah. shit I'd have long
3: had a long time ago now
0: idiot. Ah, good. Oh, sorry, Carl, carry on. I thought oh, you were joking. Okay.
2: No, no, genuinely, I, I, that's how much notice I took of it. But, um, yeah, I think it's too many games. I think you still got... What are we in the quarterfinals of the Champions League or the semis at the moment? The FA Cup's really in the quarterfinal. Yeah. No, but the Champions League. Is oh, so yeah, you think you've got to play... So I think it's just too many games and, and there's a swing as burnout as well. Um, I think, like we touched on earlier, there's a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of injuries ahead of a lot of injuries, and to fit in all um, leagues, to fit in all their sort of um, their cup competitions, and to play Europe, you know, you, you're potentially and you you're thinking you got to. We're going to be playing two games a week in the league minimum. It's a lot of games. It's a hell of a lot of games. I think the FA Cup maybe should just have been abandoned for this year and just said, you know what believe it where it is. Uh, there is no winner. You know, there'll always be a little asterisk by it, just like when Liverpool win the league and there's always going to be an asterisk by 2020. There's always going to be an asterisk, which I'm always going to love. Um, so, yeah, maybe it should have been abandoned, but I can, under- I, I can kind of understand. But again, as we all know, it comes down to money. It's all about money. Nothing else but money. Not about player safety, not about Lifting the fan spirits, nothing like that. It's just about money, nothing else.
0: I agree with you. Um I just looked at who's in the quarterfinals of the of the Champions League: Atalanta, Atletico Madrid, oh, Red Bull Leipzig, and PSG. Well, how Chris in in under a minute? How are PSG going to do that when they're not even playing in their league? Well, Le- don't forget
3: Leon as well, because Leon are in the same position. They've
0: got the second. Same... Doesn't say Leon. Yeah, they,
3: they have. Yeah, they, they they beat Juventus in the first leg. Yeah,
0: City, oh, Real Madrid haven't played the second leg. Um, Bayern, exactly. Chelsea haven't. Juventus, Leon yeah. haven't. Oh, I was wondering where Barcelona and Real Madrid had gone. <laughs>
3: how yeah, you know? how did so you do that? Well, PSG and Leon are at a huge disadvantage because, as you say, their season's been curtailed and and they can't really play friendlies because um, they they haven't got anyone to play of any of any sort of <laughs> they note. Play or, each other every week. Yeah. <laughs> It, it might, it might come to that. It might be a case if they play each sure other in Dubai or
0: something.
3: Yeah, um, but no, they're going to struggle. And, it, and it, it's ironic that the one year PSG get over the mental hurdle of, of you know going out in the second stage. They finally reach the quarterfinals, and uh, and now they might struggle. But um, no, I, 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 think, uh, I think I think from what I from what I can gather, UEFA are talking about making the um, the semi-finals one-legged affairs, the quarterfinals one-legged affairs, and they're just going to play them um in, in a neutral venue uh, that that's the talks so that are all going to play all the games in one stadium selected somewhere in europe that is is flyable shall we say um because that's the other logistics you've got you've got to you've got to manage so i think that's probably what's going to happen um but yeah but in in another way it might benefit psg or leon because they'll be
1: more fresh so it just depends on how things shake out and Neymar's sister's birthday has already happened
3: well that's always a bonus because otherwise he'd be missing for six weeks. So yeah.
0: Josh, um, do you know anything about Thomas Party? Could you do two minutes on him?
1: Uh yeah, he's he's not coming to Arsenal. Nope. <laughs> yeah. to transfer. Go. Why would he want to come here? That what is the
0: that everybody says we're linked to to tell people oh, yeah. that, I, I've never heard of him.
1: Uh yeah, he, he's had some decent games for I left to go Madrid, but that's because he's quite a good player. He's mm. he's horribly above Arsenal level, which is a terrible thing to say at the moment. But I can't see where he really well, I'm not say I can't see where he fits in. I think our squad's too big for him at the moment, and I'm not sure who we try and sell or who we'd be able to get the money for to bring him in.
0: Where does he play? Uh
1: Don't central play midfield. Play. I would liken to him in terms of positional where he kind of turns up on the field as like a Guendouzi. He's not like Torreira sits in front of the back four. Uh, he'll do that for Simeone, but you you do anything Simeone tells you to do. <laughs> Terrifying <laughs> bastard. Uh, but he's kind of in that part of the midfield, a little bit box-to-boxy, but uh, yeah, he's got flair to him as well. He's like um like four years along the line of Guendouzi, is probably how I'd describe him. But he's I 30. don't think Yeah I don't think we really got He's very well.
2: But...
1: Yeah
2: I take it you've got no idea Like me, Carl No All I know is that He's a Relatively box-to-box And I can't see him Coming to Arsenal This season Like Josh said Chris You've got 30 seconds
3: Um, Massive fan I think he's a I think he's a hugely Hugely talented player Um I actually think it is one that could be done, weirdly. I do think it is one that could be done because the player is, the player said that he's interested and that's always a good start. His agents line up with the people we do business with. I do agree with Josh. I think it will depend on who we could sell or how we could structure a deal. I think if we could structure a deal where we paid them, you know, four quid a month for the next 25, 25 years, then maybe we can get something done. There is no way we're going to spend 80 million quid up front. Um, but it just feels like a bit of a cycle like his time at Atleti is coming to an end. Simeone's time at Atleti is coming to an end. It feels like that team will probably break up. Um, but yeah, as for Partey, I, I genuinely rate him highly enough to say that I think if we were to bring him in, you you could build our midfield around him for, for three to four years. He's that good. He, he He's the sort of player that, that can manage a game on his own. He's the sort of player that can can dominate a game in midfield on his own. I remember seeing him when he first came through, I think it was four years ago. Um, when he was very much a, a reserve for Atleti, um, he's, he's come in and made that spot his own. And, and in a club like that, like Josh said, with a manager like Simeone, that's that's not easy to do. So um, my fear would be a Man City might have a look at him with Fernandinho turning, I think he's 56 next week. So I think there's a either um, a club like Man City might have a look at him. And if we get into a bidding war, forget it. If we can do it quietly under the radar... Uh, despite all the ITKs telling us what's going on by the hour, um, I'm sure we'll have his flights uh, booked next. That'll be the next thing we'll a mm-hmm. flight tracker. But yeah, he's 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 worth every penny. If we could get the deal done, I would I, I would do it because he's that good.
0: So would you say no party, no
3: party and <laughs> don't eat just no don't there
1: you go Danny. It's one for all the uh, video lectures. <laughs>
3: party.
0: There we go. <laughs> there uh. you go. Good old Perlo. Uh, right, Josh, listeners, questions, and well done, you are uh, freeloading scumbags. Now that the Tuesday Club is back, I'm going to have to stop saying that because uh, actually they might think the Tuesday Club stole it from me. I've been a bit, whilst Josh is getting them, I've been a little bit sneaky for the Tuesday Club. I've sent them a, an, a, a listener's question about autographs from the ABW account, and mm-hmm. I haven't signed it, so I'll have to read out our email address and they go, what's a bird count, wonderland and i've annoyed him by not answering the question properly so i just told him my time when no told me to fuck off so if you listen to the tuesday club i might well have annoyed mr davis so josh while i go I mean, to- it's, it's
1: unlike you to annoy a davis that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it's not your nature uh right listeners questions uh or oh, it's one on formations um so I'll quickly put your hands up for who wants a question on formations. But this is from Matt L. Roberts. Um, I'm going to go with Chris. Would you use uh, the time now to consider different formations, like a Diamond four four two, or the 4-3-3, or stick with what we've done all season, uh, though Michael knows best?
3: Uh, in short, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't fiddle with it. Arteta was getting the best out of what we had available before the break. He was starting to put his own imprint on it. He does play a four two three one, but he definitely plays it with a a touch of, of Guardiola esque management in terms of the players are rotational and the formation changes according to the game plan that either the opposition were playing. So no, I think four two three one is fine. The only time you change formations for me is at the end of a season or a preseason when you've brought specific players to the club that fit specific positions um so yeah i wouldn't mind seeing us with three at the back again in the future um but i want three proper competent centre-halves before we start going down that route again so yeah i stick where we are for now
1: you ask too much mr carpenter there's no way Arsenal football club will ever have three three nah. competent centre-backs uh, Luckily, after no exactly <laughs> uh, carl chris uh question from chris nilsson uh, lots of games coming up in a short space of time. Which position would be our weakest link when we need to rotate this starting eleven?
2: Strike. I, say, I wouldn't say striker or but it depends on what form, like I said, comes into mm. it. I think he's got to... The form that he had before COVID-19, we can't have that form. You know, as much as you know, you have to look at it. He was in really bad form. I think he scored what one in thirteen, or something along them lines. That's not the form of a of a striker, of an Arsenal striker, Uh, or at least not the form that we want. I know we can look back to to. What's his name again? Giroud. That's the one. Giroud. When he scored like one nine in twenty four, wasn't it? Or nine fourteen or something like that. Um, but we need we need him firing on all cylinders. We have to put the ball in the back of the net because we are going to have injuries, and I have no doubt that, like Chris said, we're going to maybe end up burning a Yang out, and we need someone behind him to come in and not lose of any momentum. So if a Yang is scoring, I don't know. Uh, A rate of one goal every game We need someone to come in and replace those goals And uh, as long as uh, uh, As long as Lacazette is able to come in and do You know, get the goals That are missing for when the Baming is out Then that's good, but I think Striker is The position that we need to Focus on
0: Josh, I need to read the tweet
2: Okay.
1: Okay No, I'm sure.
0: Just tweeted six minutes ago. Breaking news COVID 19 testing for the Premier League. 1,195 samples in round six, zero positives. Last time there was one. The time before that there was zero. And the time before that
2: in round three there was four. So yeah, he's just tweeted that. That's good. I think it all depends on whether the players are mixing as well. I mean, we've seen some really and I don't want to harp on this, but you know, when the lockdown first started, we saw the likes of Jack Grealish going out, and we saw the likes of um
1: Carl Walker sex parties.
2: Yeah yes, there was uh <laughs> there was Carl Walker sex parties and well, I mean, you got to the top and the, to- and <laughs> the Tottenham the guys of going out. So, you know, I mean, it all depends on whether the players are mixing. I mean, I personally think they should all be in a bubble. I think they should all just – the clubs are rich enough to rent a whole hotel and say, right, this is what you do. You go to training, you come home, you stay in that hotel, especially when the games are played as well. That would easily cut the infection rate. But, you know, and I understand, you know, they want to be able to go home to their families and things like that. I totally understand. But for them to say, all right, for six, seven weeks, you literally live in a hotel – you know, I don't think that's
1: asking too much. No, don't think so. Danny, question for you from SheWar. How do you think five subs will change club tactics? Uh,
0: um, I think they. there's only someone did a reply to that, and uh, I'm just going to see if I can find it. They said something about how often you're allowed to do
2: those.
1: So, I know you're not allowed to make all of them at half time. So, Emery's happy. He's, <laughs> Isn't is it happy. five
2: subs but at three intervals? Yes. That's
0: yeah. what he says, can only use the three subs at three stops in play. No real impact on time wasting. That's Matt Arsenal one. So cheers for that. Um, I think it's going to be. Um, yeah, they're going to be used up more towards the end of the game, aren't they? Because uh, it's not like the um, the Arteta one. Everybody off at halftime, you never know who was going to come back on. I would be surprised. If I have been looking at some of the teams with, that have been at having five already, and they don't even use all five. So I don't really think it's going to make much difference. They might get a few uh, younger players getting a few more games. I'd like to say in Italy, if people don't know, you can have unlimited subs on the bench if you can find a bench big enough. And so I think I'd like to see more match day um, subs available and still keep the five subs. I think it could be something for the future that's worth doing.
1: Especially while we've got no fans in the stadium as well. Uh, I mean, Chelsea will just fill up Stamford Bridge with all Everybody their
0: players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the game's on the sub. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, right. Got a question from Noir Confidential. I uh, will go to Chris for this one. Uh I know everything's up in the air right now but do you think the club will decide to keep Danny Sabios already familiar with the coach the team and English football so to a degree he is a safe option
3: I'm probably the worst or best person to ask this question because I've said it before and I'll say it again I would have I would just I would keep him 100% 100% I think he's um if he, if if the numbers work and the price works then he's he's a very high caliber player, I think, and I think he's a player that will get better and better with time as things go on. So um, there isn't much more I can say. I, I really rate him. I really do. I think I think he I think he'll grow and grow into that into that position into that, that team. Um, I thought I think we were just about starting to see what I think Arteta was quite strict with him when he first came in and was very sort of like you know you have to earn your place, um, and and he, and he sort of there was rumours about him or oh, I don't know if I want to stay or don't want to go. Arteta was like, well, you know, you do your bit and you'll get game time. He got game time and I thought he took his chance as well. So, yeah, I, I would be very much working at keeping him and moving others on than the other way around, personally, if, if you can get him at a good price.
1: Yeah. Uh, Carl, do you have anything different on Danny Sabios?
2: I think if we can get him for a good cool. price, I'd keep him. Uh, but it does depend on how much we have to buy him for if it's a a nice fee then yeah by all means i'd definitely keep him but i'm just i'm not i think if real madrid are going to charge us i don't know upwards of 35 40 million i do think there's probably players out there that a bit better than him that we could get so yeah he'll just depend on the fee
1: okay cool uh big thanks to mr dj and michael's barber we have covered both those questions already on the FA Cup and on Mr. Yeah. Uh Next one, oh, there's a flippant comment from Ellis. Um, I think he thinks he's being funny. Wait for Carl.
0: Uh, Easy
1: yeah. oh, he's, he's late again. That's typical Carl. Um, <laughs> never on time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Move on.
1: <laughs> move on that one. Uh, So, question from R Richard. So, I assume that is Cactus Cash. Yes. R Richard. Um, Carl, is playing Man City first and getting out of the way a good thing? And do you think Arteta will bring in Tierney or stick with Saka at left-back? And I think we could ask a question does Kolasinic even come in?
2: Uh, I think it is a very good thing playing them. I mean, you've got to play them at some time, right? And um, I think every team will be not match fit. No team's going to be match fit. So I think you'll find a lot of teams after 50, 60 minutes, they're going to be blowing like hell. Uh, You know, the man, although the collective of Man City, they're still going to be, you know, the very good players. I think fitness wise, we're going to be on par. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think. Saka will continue at left back. I think now we've got our natural left backs back. Uh, Tierney's back, Kalasnitch back. I think he's got options now to play people in their correct positions. No square peg round holes uh, thing. So I would love to see Saka play higher up the pitch, uh, and that's all to do with options. You know, we can change, we can change things that we really need to. So, you know, I honestly do think that probably tyranny does probably start or well, maybe not start because he still hasn't played a lot of matches even before the injury so I could probably see Kedlasinac sort of starting to be honest
1: yeah uh, yeah I kind of see agree with you on that one But I think Saka might play further upfields uh, now that we've got that kind of injury crisis solved and you know at like left wing who's going to play up front do we play Uber up front or does Saka come in at left wing it's that kind of kind of question Um I got one final question as well from our oh, confidential again. Uh, question for everyone: Have you been watching the Last Dance documentary series on Netflix? And um, what does everyone think about it? I don't understand basketball, um, and I thought this was an awful sequel to Space Jam. So um, no, I haven't seen it. Um, I can't Chris, watch. Danny,
3: squeak, squeak,
0: Carl, squeak.
1: squeak hi.
3: 500 points oh, each i do, I do want I do, I do want to watch it because that was my era when i did watch basketball the the the, the bulls team with rodman scotty pippen luke longley dennis rodman um i've already said from uh, michael jordan obviously um that was my era so i uh I, I I he doesn't like
0: basketball oh i
3: I was, I was, it was back in the year where I watched any sport, like um, anything. It was back in the days when Trans World Sport was on on Sunday mornings on or Saturday mornings on Channel 4. But, um, yeah, I do want to watch it. And that team were the best. Carl's probably better to, to speak about this than, than I. I think he's a basketball fan. But that that was one of the greatest sporting teams of all time in terms of what they offered. And, and they just won it all. Um, so, yeah, I will watch it. It's just one of those, I need to find time to actually sit down and watch it. So, I'm going to watch yeah, it.
2: I've heard very good things. I have watched mm. it. It is very, very good. It's insightful. It's. I know there's been sort of controversy about it, about whether Michael Jordan was a bully or whatnot. But at the end of the day, for me, you don't become uh, that good in your field mm-hmm. without sacrificed and he gave up a lot of things. He you know, he just wanted to bring his team along and that's what it was. He Michael Jordan in his mind, he wanted everyone to be as good as Michael Jordan. Now everyone knows it's never gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. But he wanted to bring his team along, you know, if his feet were bleeding, he'd ask the question I'm just playing the game. My feet are bleeding. Why aren't your feet bleeding? That just means you haven't worked as hard as I have. Uh, it's a it's a very, very good documentary. And I've seen some people on Twitter, um, and it goes with Ellis's... Uh, fuck, hashtag Fuck Ennis, by the way. Uh, his flippant comment about Ozil. Like, if we had a character like that in the dressing room, uh, Arsenal, when he was, like, constantly like, sort of on Mesut Ozil's back, and it, Michael Jordan was on a lot of his players' backs tonight, you could maybe call it a form of bullying. Um, how would they have sort of gone in? I think in that dressing room, it was a strong dressing room. You had to be a strong character because if you wasn't, then you wouldn't survive. That like Chris said they won. Um, they won two triples in a row. Like imagine doing that, like winning a triple, going a few years without doing it, and then doing it again. For me, like Chris said, they are the that era was the best sporting team that there ever was, maybe minus, I don't know, O nine 9 Barcelona. That team was very, very good. So, yeah, 0 Barcelona. I might even count in... Um, and, yeah, you could even count the Invincibles. They were very good mm. as well. I might even count 99 Man, Man United because yeah. I still don't think that they were that good. I, I really don't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, barring... Yeah, maybe a Barcelona 09, probably the best sporting team you would ever see.
3: Jordan was a winner. That's the thing. You, you know, you, you've got to to, to to get to the very top of your field. Um, I don't think anyone doesn't think that Messi isn't a bit of a prick and Ronaldo isn't a bit of a prick at times. To, to be, look at Tiger Woods, you know, to be an elite, top-level sporting superstar, you've got to be either a bit of a prick, very self-absorbed, very arrogant, or have some some flaw in your personality, and you and you've got to drag players alongside you to do that. Um, you know, Patrick Vieira was a prick in our dressing room at times. You know, but he was a winner, and he was our prick, so we loved him. Do you know what I mean? So Roy Keane was a massive prick. Look what he brought to me. So, United. You know, you've, you've got to have that bit of edge about you, and yeah, you know, was Jordan a bully? Probably was, but, but that's what. Uh, that is the way that the sports sports were, and and even now sports are. You still get bodies in changing rooms. That's just the way it is.
2: But I, I guarantee all those people that the changing room thank him now because a load oh, of them much. would not have won the the medals and the, and the the series yeah. that they won without him doing that. You know, thinking shit, I need to play better because Michael's going to go at me. You know, things like that. Yeah. So definitely, Carried. yeah, mm, brought them to his level.
1: Wow. After all those character traits that you've reeled off, Chris, we now know that I am the best podcaster in ABW. That's amazing. You're going to say, well, prick. I was going to say, that's a bit harsh. No, no. no I'll go in with the self deprecation and the biggest prick here. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the questions. Uh, thank you, everybody, who's probably stunned out of hibernation and trying to think of Arsenal related questions for us. I'm and as sure. always, I'm disappointed. So yeah, yeah. No, there were there were some good ones. Uh, as for Ellis's one, no, there
3: were some good ones, sorry.
1: and Ellis, Ellis like, oh, yeah. was there
3: Alice as well. Like, missed
1: it. Yeah, no, it was all right, but you know, he's just being rude. There's no need for it in this world. Oh, okay. sorry, Ellis. We're only allowed to be rude to you. Um, yeah. yeah, and... yeah to do um, fast forum. Yes, Carl. Fast forum. Over to you. Uh,
2: fast forum. I guess it's a question that we've already touched on, but. And the question is, is it right to bring football back now? Uh, Matt L. Roberts says, probably not. Still expecting a second wave to hit and we'll be all sat home until January. Uh, Noir Confidential says, while I understand the Premier League is one of England's biggest exports and they want the Cubs to remain competitive... Uh, sort of TV commitment deals. But I do not think it's right to bring football back now. One, as far as I know, the top divisions will resume, and I feel it's wrong. And two, the pandemic situation is still not resolved. And if a player is diagnosed with COVID-19, he has to self-isolate. What if 10 players from one team get sick? It ruins the integrity of the game, which we touched on as well, which is very, very true. Because let's say um, Arsenal play say Arsenal play Man City and then an Arsenal player after the game gets tested and is tested and is positive. Now they've been around 11 Man City players there and then also 11 Arsenal players. Does that whole team need to self-isolate? Because owing to the government rules, you do need to for 14 days. So at what point does it come a disadvantage? Let's say Young gets... uh, Aubameyang's diagnosed and he's our best player so that means that we have to be without our best player for 14 days or does it go down as oh he's injured do you know what I mean it is I think there's a lot of uh, things that the the league need to work out and they haven't really thought about this Um, because it could even be a referee let's say a referee's test is positive all the players have been around a referee Um, what happens then I think the, and it still doesn't make sense. I think it's really funny about the German league that all the subs wear masks, but as soon as they get onto the football pitch, they take them off and they're mixing with their other players. So what sense does that make? None at all. So I know it's all for show to show that, you know, you've got to wear masks. I know Germany jumped on this wearing masking straight away, which is a good thing that their government sort of introduced it, but it, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, the the subs wearing masks and then going to the football pitch and they're taking it off and you're breathing along players and a player's taking a corner and you've got (laughs) all these players mixing in the penalty area. It's just like, really?
1: No, as I say, there is a current case of this at the moment in England um, and also answers one of our confidential's questions. Uh, Championship is coming back uh, around the same time as the Premier League and Preston North End in the last run of tests had a positive result uh, so now they are all in isolation for 14 days during their preseason they now only get four days of preseason because they're not given another training to, you know because they can't go back to training mm. whilst everything gets disinfected and again you've got to stay within your homes but their fixture hasn't moved so now when they can all return they've now got four days left of training and have lost two weeks and that's that's just what's happening just there,
0: the, of so that in the Premier League and the Premier League yes. is knackered again.
3: But if something yeah. happens in the Premier League, that there, there is like, a different
1: rule. Yeah. And
3: they've thought, they've thought about a lot of things and they've discussed a lot of things and they've suggested what might happen if a lot of things. But I don't think we're actually going to know what will happen until one of these little things actually does happen. And then we're going to see how well they're prepared for this. Um, and and we we are I I well I'm not going to guarantee because that would be silly, but I bet I wouldn't mind betting a good possibility that there will be a form of some kind of controversy akin to the tevez Sheffield United situation of years ago, where one club will, will will be fucked over in some capacity, and there will be a massive legal court case over it. Um,
0: Maybe a club will go We've got Covid We can't play our last game of The last fixture of the season The Premier League That game won't be played The other team Maybe Norwich Needed a point to stay up
3: Yeah Or or a team like Villa You know Contract Mysteriously contract uh, uh, You know Four tests With a game to go And say well, we could stay up if we win, but we can't raise the side, so you can't relegate us. And then you have sort of like they might stay up on default. You could, you could see, you could see a club you could see a club exploiting this situation. And to be honest, if I'm one, if, if my club was down there, I would, I would do the same. I mean, I,
2: oh. I, I agreed. Uh, I think it's, and I think all it takes is even a, not even a high-profile player, a player to end up in hospital. Exactly. I mean, I know, I know. People say that you know these players are fit and healthy, you know, but this virus doesn't care who it attacks. And yeah. no matter how you know fit and healthy you are with no underlying health conditions, if a player or even a, a co a member of coaching staff ends up in hospital, then surely all of that needs to be looked at. And you know, what happens to the Premier League? Let's, God forbid, let's say someone dies from this. Yeah, the Premier League well, will 100% get sued because at the end of the day, it's you've brought this back. You've we, you know, players have objected to it, and now players, uh, if, if a player dies, and I, I hope it never happened, I don't care, even a Spurs player, I hope a spurs player doesn't die either, right? But at the end of the day, if something like that does happen, you know, the Premier League will have blood on their hands 100%. Yeah. Well, last question, and, and, don't, and don't forget as well,
3: don't forget, um, Abdi Nouri, professional footballer you know, had a seizure on the pitch. Um, Mark vivian Fowe died on the pitch. Fabrice Moramba was all but dead on the pitch until he, he's had, he had his life saved. Newsflash, they were professional footballers, some of the fittest men in world football. They died or, had, or have had serious life-changing experiences as a result of seizures or illnesses on the pitch that were not detected. This is a virus that we still don't actually fully understand. So to, to just say, oh, well, they're, you know, they're professional athletes, they're fit and healthy. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. It only takes, like Carl said, it only takes one player to have a bit of a cold that day or have a low immune system that day or, you know, wasn't aware that they had, a, had a, an asthmatic condition, anything like that. And then you've got a real problem in your hands. So just saying they're all professional athletes doesn't wash for me. One
0: last question. Two last things before we go. As a footballer, would you do what I think what Troy Deeney is doing? Would you say, I'm not playing? I've got family. My, my family is more important because, personally, if I was a pro player, I would say, see you later. I'm going to go off and live on a desert island somewhere because I'm not taking a fucking risk. I don't care. Money's not that important. Carl, what would you do?
2: I, I would do. I, although Troy Dini is an absolute prick and the biggest one there is, no cock ponies, I absolutely rate him. I would do exactly the same thing. He's got a, a brand new child at home who has breathing difficulties in hospital. It comes to a point where money is not that important. My health, the health of my family is much more than anything. So if I would do exactly the same, my family comes first. Money, when you get to Troy Deeney's level, money doesn't mean anything. And he could probably give up football and walk into a a job at Sky maybe and, and, you know, live nicely. But, you know, it comes to a point where money does money's not that important and you've got to trust the thing is what I don't say you've got to trust the players. Now you've already seen, like we said, Jack Grealish going out and being mixing around Kyle Walker, having fucking sex parties and things like that. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> you know, you've got to trust the players that you're going to be on the football pitch with. If these players, the only thing they were told to do was stay at home. <laughs> not go and fight a war on the front line, not go and work another job. They were literally asked to stay at home and they couldn't do that. So how do you trust these players? I don't know. So for me, Tridini, I have no problem with what he's doing. Do you need to go, Josh?
1: Uh I could probably stay if you'd finally wrap this up. Right. So um, yeah,
0: ask and ask you. Then Chris is gonna get an hour on it, and then I'm gonna show you one picture, mention the sponsor, and we're done.
1: Go. Uh would I go back to be playing football? Yes, I think I would, to be honest. I think I'd miss If I'd gone to the fact that I'd be going to training, then yes, I think I probably would. Uh, Because I'd play in the training ground where I'd see, I'd trust my own club, basically, to have everything sorted, that I would be in a safe environment to practice, to train. And then I'd probably end up in the kind of peer pressure kind of thing, that well we're all going, so we're all going, kind of thing. And I'd be caught up in that. Uh, rather than make any real decision myself,
0: good Chris. Um, you have a team. You are a manager. You are a, a player. Your league's been shut down now, hasn't it? Mm. What would you do?
3: Well, that's what I, that was the example I'm going to use. Um, there's a very good chance that that the Pirates won't be playing football again um, next season. So that that should tell you all you need to know from my decision. Um, our, our league at grassroots level, we've got a. Um uh, lead, uh, We've got a league chairman, but we've also got a league, um you know, a guy who runs the runs the league for the chairman, essentially like a well, essentially vice chairman, and he's overseeing the league, and he's actively trying to push players, uh, teams to sign up. He's actively trying, he's, act, he's banging the drum that football will be back at grassroots level, you know, that that will be back by August and things will be back to normal. Utterly deluded, utterly you deluded. Lie. If you've ever if you've ever played sunday league football you know what sort of conditions we play in you know that there's communal showers you know that the changing rooms are the size of a matchbox you know that most sunday league footballers are not the brightest sparks in the in the uh, in the plug um, certainly don't adhere to to often the most simple rules let alone social distancing i don't think half of them can even spell that um, so the idea that 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 sunday league could be coming back anytime soon i've i've been told quietly from a number of people that that parks football may well be a year away from coming back because it's just so hard to to do so if i was a professional and it was my living i would be it would depend how much money i was on and it would depend on my family but i wouldn't want to be coming back um there's a there's a situation with a player at charlton called lyle taylor um who was on um lee bowie was on radio five the the day basically stated or the player stated to, to him he, he's He's a player that has outgrown Charlton and he's a, he's likely to get or would like to get a big move or to a higher club this summer. He's a Premier League team and he's yeah. outright to, oh, no. to Lee Boyer that he, he doesn't want to play. Um, and and that he doesn't feel that he can commit because, he, you know, he wants to get this big movement. And the manager's backed him, which I thought was like really unprecedented for a manager to back a player who's essentially said, I can't give you the commitment. So, you know, it just depends on your personal circumstances, I think.
0: Okay, dokie, right. Um just lift the mood a teeny bit. we got we'll be done in about a minute. I'm gonna share a screen with you. If it works, share screen, uh diddly dong, here and this, as we can see here. Sam uh uh LT Arsenal tweeted, Urzul, four assists as well. And know Urzal fan account, but hey, let's go. And the the LT Arsenal replied with not in this game, in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh trolling at its finest right just finally mentioned that our sponsor for the show is playbookproducts.co.uk playbookproducts.com go to their site use goonadads 20 get 15 percent off any purchases remember not everything on the site that you see if you get the wrong one is available in the uk so i only just set it up and if you want to be in a chance of winning one of four mugs just go to our pinned tweet of this podcast only retweet it or like it. And then they will pick a winner. Cause if I pick a winner, I'll have won all four of them. All that's left for me to do now is thank my wonderful guests. Thank you very much, Carl. Thank you for having me. You have been amazing. Have you got any messages for Mr. Fife or Mr. Ellis? Uh,
2: when Mr. Fife does eventually return back to work, Unfortunately, it may be faster for him to walk, as I feel the need to delay him. I have no reason why to delay him, just and as uh, I'm going to leave on a positive note for Ellis, he works for NHS as everyone knows, and he has done absolutely outstanding work. Uh, you know you you can't fault him Ellis is a consummate professional he you know he's going to work putting his life at risk every single day to help people and you know words can't express how words can't express how proud of him I am you know every day going into work and every day seeing the scenes that he must be seeing you know I know death is uh, a part of life but You know, Ellis is putting his life at risk of going into work and helping people stay alive. And, you know, the biggest thank you I can do to him is to not say hashtag fuck you, Ellis, but it doesn't stop anyone else saying it.
0: I feel exactly the same way. So last Thursday, our wonderful, our beautiful, our darling Ellis tweeted, I'm not clapping anymore. So I replied with shut up and clap, you bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, you should have all seen what John Welsh did when he heard clap. Clap for carers. Oh, God. Right <laughs> <Right there. laughs> it
0: was <laughs> <G>. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Also, thank you very much, Josh, for um, doing the questions, wearing a, uh, making us all weep at the, the Perlow thing, a man that we all admired. And uh, just generally, um, just just being Josh, because you do it best.
1: You're all welcome. Thank
0: you very much. And uh, Chris isn't even taking any notice. Look, he's at not. one point, oh, yeah.
1: he's doing a, a squad builder challenge on his phone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: just yeah, caught
3: certainly. my eye, uh, no. Um, right,
0: joining us, Chris. It's been lovely. Any plans for any football hipster stuff coming up soon? Because uh the numbers yeah. have been really, really good. Thank you very much to everybody who's been listening to the football hipster stuff. Uh yes. such a variety of people, of topics, of subjects, and it's been really, really good, getting really good numbers for it, which is great
3: yeah it's been really really humbling actually for people to come back so thank you all for listening um and and being part of under the abw banner i think actually has has helped us a bit because it saves it's a lot less not that we you know we don't mind doing work but you know it's a lot lot less sort of hassle doing it this way and it works well with the same audiences so yeah thanks for the support on that we're probably going to try and get together hopefully at some point next week um if if i can get the crew together um so yeah we'll, we'll definitely be doing that um, and I just wanted to, along the lines of what Carl said, just give a, a little mention to the um, the, the, the D-Day anniversary, uh, seventy-six years, I believe it is today, um, of the D-Day landings. Um, it just kind of uh, recent. I uh, just recently re- rewatched Saving Private Ryan. Strangely, it's just one of those I watch It is, and it and it just sort of makes you times like these when so much is going wrong in the world. Um, you do just sort of stop and go jesus it's worth remembering how heroic some people have been in their current lives and past lives for for our futures so uh yeah god bless to all those um fighting men and women who were there for us in our our desperate hour of need and and those that are still with us now so yeah just a little thank you to them but um yeah we'll, we'll definitely be looking to pod next week as well so thank you again for the uh for the tuning in and pleasure to join you all of course and
0: thank you very much. And coming up shows, look how fucking organized I am, people. I'm doing this for you. Hope you appreciate it. Wednesday is Jason, Jeff, Arsenal, Simon, and Ellis, and possibly John, if he can get rid of the clap. Next weekend, it's probably going to be us a lot again, either Saturday or Sunday with another warm up show. And then on. Wednesday, the 17th, post-game show, live with Jason and a few others. That, people, is going to be a schlobber knocker of a show. Um, well, that has been the show. If you if you like this podcast, go to iTunes, give us a, a five-star review. If you put anything less than a five-star, I will send uh, John give with a clap and if you're listening on youtube give it a thumbs up but if you put a comment in there i'm going to try and encourage all of abw to go and read the comments on facebook and on on you the youtube comments i'm not going to say down below because you know where they are just put some comments in there i read them all i like them all i reply to them all so if you lazy fuckers can put something in there i'll go and read it so uh thank you very much for listening it's great to be back and we will see you again on wednesday so uh yeah at the
3: arsenal good night As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.